Glory, glory, Sacramento. Hello, and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Nolan. Today, I'm joined by a man who likes to drive his wife's car. Scott, <laughs> how are we doing this afternoon? I mean, fine. Like, my wife and I have, like, basically the same car, so I don't, that's not no, like... You just yeah. like hers better. No, I don't, actually. Yeah, do. It doesn't fit me. It's too small. <laughs> like, like seriously, like, if Zach... So, Zach's, like, the tallest of the three of us. If Zach was to fit in it, he'd be like, oh, this is, like, a, like a coffin... Really? I've it's looked good. into that car because I need to get a car soon. You can go sit in it afterwards. It's not big enough, honestly. Okay. Like, the well, steering wheel is, like, down by your knees, basically. I want it because it comes with all-wheel drive, and I want an all-wheel drive compact SUV. Now, mm. if you do want to uh, impress people and be like, I'm so tall, <laughs> I don't know, or feel like a clown, <laughs> then, yeah, it's <laughs> then the perfect car. It. <laughs> perfect car for you. Fair uh, enough. My wife has a Honda HRV. Yeah. That ah. she does not keep clean. Anyway. I'm doing good. <laughs> good. I'm glad you like your wife's car I'm slowly than yours. trying to uh, forget the fact that I will be a father in like seven weeks. Yeah, that's scary. I saw the wow. car seat in, in your car when I pulled the up. The car seat like, base. Oh, is that what all it is? It's just, yeah, you can't put it, unless my wife put it in there. Was there was like a handle on top. On oh, was top. it in the trunk? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. No, that's getting donated. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Wait, you already grew out of a car seat? Oh my goodness. No, it's like <laughs> somebody gave it to us and it's uh, not good. It's, I it's guess, not, not bad. Good. I don't know. I just follow what my wife says. <laughs> so, <laughs> not crash proof. And we can't donate it apparently because of COVID? Oh, yeah. That's what never she heard, was told. I've never heard that statement before. Yeah. I just dropped a bunch of stuff off at Savers. So. Really? Apparently, some stuff you can and other stuff you can't. Savers is like a thrift store for those that don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. Yep. Well, it yeah. blows my mind that you're going to be a father in two weeks, too. Nolan, ask Seven me how. Weeks. Don't, not two weeks. Ask me how I'm doing. Hey, you're not supposed to be here yet. I'm also <laughs> joined by another man, Zach. A man. Zach, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing good. I've, how are you? I've, <laughs> I got my feet up this morning. I got my comfy socks on. It is fall. It is cold. Zach, it's, it's nearly 4 p.m. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I do have a morning. question. I do have a question. Is it weird to like be under a blanket with your socks on? No, absolutely not. not ab- okay, absolutely okay. Not. my wife is like, I can't believe you do that. And I'm like, yeah, it's cold. It's 50 degrees and you have all the windows open. And my toes are the coldest part of my body. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, that's, that's not. That's yeah. a very normal thing. I needed that affirmation in my you're, life. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you're right, Scott. Well, I'm doing good. I'm feeling cozy. You know what? There was. There's one thing that could make this better. Hmm. A nice whiskey. I thought you were going to say hot chocolate. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that too. <laughs> no, we're of course to, not. I was like, we're trying to wean you off of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the lean, Zach. Come on now. Uh, one day uh, one day, people will know that story. Can't go five minutes without thinking about liquor. Okay, <laughs> well, I think there's some news. I do, I do have a quick question. <laughs> yeah. how, how are we feeling post-11-3-2020, uh, if you know what I'm saying? Oh. Um, I'm feeling excited. Okay. Uh, maybe <laughs> intrigued. Okay. My... My feeling, my current emotion is intrigued. Okay. No? I'm, I think that the lady who announces uh, the players, the line, like, on game night. Uh, she, Jamie Coffey. Is that who it is? That's her name, Jamie I think, she, I think she should be the new senator for California. You know what? I thought you were going to say she should, like, be the person that, like, I don't know works for somebody announces like the cabinet or something oh. and now oh. your cabinet for your president t- joe <laughs> biden like, that would be great biden! no no it'd be like joe and, and then, then everybody, <laughs> everybody would yell biden yeah oh yeah 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 uh, you know kamala harris in the background just yeah. like biden <laughs> uh, yeah. scott how are you feeling we already asked that. I oh, feel fi- no, 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 no. About, about the election specifically. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, f- I feel emotions, kind I of. I feel emotions. I mean, at this point, I think 
my body was so numb to anything political that it was like, yet yeah, this happened. Although I will say it basically went exactly the way I was thinking with, with the exception of like a couple things, like a couple of California propositions I thought would go a different way. But other than that, like I was like, yeah, par for the course. Yeah. So congratulations, uh, Uber drivers. You're yes, welcome. Yes. We voted for you. We did. That was. I did vote for Biden. I voted for you. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did vote for Biden. But anyway, <laughs> that was really bad for Uber drivers. Anyway, not to get political. Nolan, please tell. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Scott, please tell about Reno. The sad news about Reno. Oh, uh, so good news out of Reno. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> nah, I. So this. Actually, I think it's universally. All three of us are. We're not happy about this. Yeah. Well, okay, so like I think we're not happy I'm not, about I'm it. I'm not. I'm sad about it. I think we're not happy about it. One, because we never actually got a chance yeah. to go there. Like we literally this season were like, we're going to Reno. And yeah. then COVID hit. Um, and then Nolan started law school. My wife got pregnant. Zach had a job change. And we were like, dang, we just can't do it this year. Yeah. And um, if you haven't caught on, if you haven't already uh, seen the news, heard yeah. the news, read the news, uh, Reno 1868 has folded. And, and this is the reason why I'm going to read just a, the couple sentences from the team's uh, press release today, which was uh, what day was this? The sixth. So you know, probably a week uh, before a week ago, once you're listening to this podcast today, we find ourselves in a wide world community based by uh, beset by a pandemic pandemic. And we are unexpectedly forced to make a tough decision. I'm heartbroken to let go of Reno 1860 AFC, and I apologize to all who are disappointed that we are ending our partnership with the USL Championship. And I believe that was the president of the club, Eric Edelstein, said that. So um, the team has folded, which means all of their players are free agents. Team, you know, obviously there's a lot of people now looking for jobs. It's very sad. Like I said, we didn't get a chance to go up there. And I think also, sportingly, it's a little sad because kind of the only thing that Sacramento fans, I feel like, had a, a something to hold on to in the championship for the next couple of years was the rivalry rivalry with Reno. I, I mean that I mean, we knew we know Major League Soccer is coming, but the thing that we could get up for, I guess, in the seasons to come, the next two seasons, was like, you know what? It, this isn't just building for Major League Soccer. It's also about being Reno. It's yeah. also about uh, keeping that rivalry alive yeah, for the next it, couple of years at least. And, and then in the Open Cup potentially. But that's not even possible. And it really was our one true rivalry. Right. Like you could say maybe some things about OC, Los Dos, you know, there, there's maybe Portland, whatever. San but, Jose is in that conversation. Yeah, but it's like the one real true genuine rivalry that we had as a club was against reno so that's sad sad to see that go it is um and i i want to compare a little bit maybe like reno and the portland timbers too are also rumored to uh stop operations we talked about that a a couple weeks ago but the difference is like i had really no desire to go watch sacramento play in portland not just because it was a two-team but because like it just wasn't like an important game, yeah. but I would go to Reno. Obviously the distance and money is a factor, but really like I but was, that sounds exciting. Yeah. Like I think we were genuinely excited to be like, yes, we're going to Reno this year. And there was also like the chance that we could go as press, which would have, would have been cool for us. Exactly. But yeah. we weren't able to do that and we never will be. So yeah. Anyway, I'm just interested to see where 
all the players end up going, um, whether that be to Oakland or the San Diego Loyal or possibly Sacramento. It'll be interesting to see. Um, another bit of news that has come down the pipe in the post-election wake <laughs> yeah. is, uh, you know, a dedicated reporter uh, has given us a glimpse into the the bargaining table at Sacramento, and Evan Ream has said on Twitter that Sacramento have told all-time leading goal scorer Cameron Awasa that he's no longer in their plans. I'm reading his tweet now. Quote, however... Iwasa has a guaranteed contract, meaning that the club will have to negotiate a buyout with him or he will remain on the books, hoping to change Sack's opinion. Um, so that's out there on the Internet. Go check it out. Think what you think about it. If what Evan Ream says is true, really there's nothing that could change unless Cameron Iwasa agrees to leave, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean... Are we genuinely surprised that the club is trying to find a way out of Cameron Wallace's contract? If that's true, we don't know. This is just a rumor. Yeah. Difference between a report and a rumor or, you know, a not substantial it's, it's not like so it's not we're not like rumor mongering. Like these are Evan Ream reported on the Sam Warner thing. Right. So right. like this guy knows stuff. But like I think what we're saying is like when we report something, it's like the team has announced this. It's public right. information. This is not announced. Yeah. So that's kind of our classification of an air quotes unofficial. rumor. Yeah. Whether it's true or not, we're not going to confirm. Or we don't know. We're not doing that digging. So I think that's what I'm saying. But about this rumor, it doesn't we, surprise us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I mean, individually, like, are you surprised? Because we, I mean, I said that the team maybe not owed Cam, but we're going to give Cam another year. Like, a lot of crap happened this year. He's also trying to plan a wedding. Like, there's enough there to make me go, okay, maybe you just needed a maybe you just need a year. But yeah. so I I I mean I think I'm a little surprised, like maybe like 25 percent surprised. Yeah, I'm a, I'm maybe a lo- along those lines. 2020 was such a wash that I don't think you can count the way that Cam played against him. Um, but it just now it all has to do with what the club's goals are going forward yeah i think and i think that's it right there for me is it'd be one thing if we looked at cam and we were like man this is a great system guy for briggs this guy fits the system he fits the system well he had a bad year but he fits the system well so we're gonna bring him back next year i don't think we can say that about him i don't think he fits the system well at all um and so for me, I'm not surprised he's le- he's rumored to be leaving. I would not be surprised if he, if the club decides to part ways with him. But we will see as what the off season is for. Um, finally, uh, wrapping up the news today. <coughs> excuse me. Stop dying. Uh, <laughs> the U.S. men's national team is on uh, is is about to play. I was going to say host. I don't know they're, they're hosting. They're going to play Wales um, at Swansea uh, for a friendly. Now, this club is a all-European squad. The is a very young squad. The average age is 21 years old. Um, Greg Bohalter has come out and said some big things in, interview, in interviews. Did like, you say Greg Bohalter? Greg Berhalter. I said it, Greg Berhalter. It sounded like you just said it like... Greg Bohalter? Yeah. Greg Bohalter. <laughs> It's kind of, I mean, it's a little hard. Greg Burhalter. Greg Burhalter. There we go. 
Uh, he has come out and said, "This is the this is the squad that we've been waiting for." There's a lot of intriguing names on this list. If you want to go look it up, it's you know kind of everywhere right now. One name that kind of sticks out to me, and I think is very significant, is something I want to kind of highlight in the the player pool that Greg Burhalter has put together. Mm. It's a man a man named Yunus Musa. Yunus Musa is a 17-year-old who has currently started all but two games, so seven of nine games for Valencia in La Liga this year at the right mid, right wing spot. They play a 4-2-3-1, um, and that's where he has started every game. Uh, every game that he has started, he has, he has started there. He is somebody who has eligibility at England, America, Italian, Italy, mm. <laughs> and Ghana. Uh, he has four countries that he can choose from, and getting him in for a friendly does not guarantee him a U.S. men's national team player, but it is really good to see because I think that right wing, right mid spot is a bit of a weakness for the U.S. MNT. Uh, I think if you look at other spots, there's, especially in the midfield, the midfield's got a lot of players, fullback's got a lot of players. There's a couple good goalies that we have there. Pulisic plays the left wing. That right wing spot, right mid spot, I mean, you have Jordan Morris playing really well, but playing in MLS right now. And then you have like Tyler Boyd, who's not really playing at Besiktas right now. And so I think that spot is something that is definitely open for grabs. And this 17-year-old might be the man to do it. And so it's going to be exciting to watch him play against Wales and hopefully Panama will get to see him. Um, and see how his chemistry is with the rest of the boys. Yeah, and last little thing uh, about this too is Johnny Cardoso. Uh, I can't remember uh, how old he is. I think he's 18. Uh, uh, midfielder from Internacional, which is in Brazil. Uh, he was born in New York, and uh, I think when he was a small boy, moved down to Brazil so he can represent Brazil or the United States at the national level. He has four starts for Internacional in the league uh, this year, and just another name to keep an eye on. Um, there's not really a lot about him. He's only played four games for Internacional, but Internacional are, I believe, at the top of Serie A in, in Brazil. So yep. 20 uh, games just a, yeah, a guy to keep a name on, probably similar to Yunus Musa, uh, you know, a guy that Greg Bohalta wants to get <laughs> into the camp yep. and say, hey, we do have our eye on you. We do think of you as a guy that can eventually play for the senior national team. Um, and remember, there are no other camps going on. There's no U20 camp. There's no U23 camp. So if you want to identify guys for those teams, you have to call them into this camp. And I think that's maybe a bit more of what the the Musa and the Cardoso uh, identifiers are, Yeah, is to see where do they fit. Are you a U20 guy? Are you a U23 guy? Are, are you legitimately maybe pushing... For your a senior national Even team a, spot, yeah, at a young age. Yeah, I, I mean Musa, like you said, he had seven starts this he year. He has seven starts for Valencia, who are uh, I don't know where they're on the table, but they're I mean they're a big team. That's a La Liga, Europe, so. yeah, it's a big team at La Liga. So just something to keep your eye on, and those games again are on the twelfth and the sixteenth. Yes, probably midday. So uh, yes, eleven forty-five, both of them. Yeah, Thursday and then Monday. Monday. Yeah, so. We will watch those games and you know review them on the next show whenever that happens in a couple weeks. And Nolan, week, and Nolan like is super stoked about it too. I love America. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I don't know. 
Okay, well, uh, speaking of, um, I don't know, soccer. <laughs> um, we're going to begin our, uh, I guess, predictions slash desire slash us filling the off season with meaningful Sac Republic talk <laughs> yeah. of players we want to see back for the old glory red next season. Normally, yes, when we do stuff like this, we start with goalies and then defenders and midfielders and forwards. We flipped it this time. I we, we just said, yeah, we're starting with the forwards and we're going to do some midfielders today too. Now, by my count, there was roughly 23 players, I think, uh, on the roster at some point for Sacramento uh, this past year. Frank Lopez and Brady Scott, because they were loaned in players, uh, we're not including them. Their fate does not rest with the Sacramento Republic. And then other players that we're not going to talk about because we, we know they're going to be back are the academy players. So um, Julian Chavez, Rafa Huaregui, and was there Mario, another academy guy? Was there another academy? The, I can't goal, remember. the goalie, yes. Mario Panegos. Well, he's like on a senior team contract. But that's, that's right. That's right. I mean, that's right. that has to be a multi-year contract. But yes, yeah. Mario Panegos, the goalie, Ramos. Yeah. yeah. Is it Ramos? It's Ramos something. And uh, Hayden Sargis. Diego Ramos. Diego Ramos and Hayden Sargis. So those six guys. Yeah. They're uh, not going anywhere. Oh, they're not going anywhere. So we don't need to talk about them. We know they'll be back. So if you're like, oh, you're not talking. It's like, no, we we remembered. We just didn't think there was meaningful conversation to be had about them. Um, and then a couple of guys that we know already won't be back. Sam Warner's retiring. Tomas Hilliard Arce is retiring. We know Roro is also gone, leaving, gone, whatever, from the team. So we don't need to talk about those guys either. So that uh, leaves not a whole lot. There's actually, there's only maybe about 13-ish players yeah. that we need to talk about, 12, 13 players. So, um, and probably, I mean, Maybe just by the way things are going, by the time you get around to listening to this, there might already be some players that have moved on. So mm. uh, just keep that in mind. But we are going to start with uh, Carlton Belmar, and we will go from there. Is so what we're going to do. I'm going to list the player, name a couple stats, and then throw it to somebody, or I'll just start talking. So Carlton Belmar, 13 appearances this year, nine starts, 850 minutes played, one goal, four assists, which I didn't remember mm. however he is 27 years old yeah zachary yes thoughts on belmar well I, it's no secret i have been a big belmar supporter through this 2020 season once we saw belmar at that top striker spot in 4231 i personally would like to see carlton belmar back i would not be upset if we brought in a better striker. I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> but I really think that Belmar gives this team something that it needs is some grit, some physicality up at the top. And if we bring in, if we could retain someone we're going to talk about soon, Formella, and, and we could bring in a quality, solid, goal-scoring winger, I would be... I would be happy to see Belmar at the top instead of looking to score constantly as a striker, looking to be physical, hold up play, make good passes to two wingers that can put goals away, and hopefully a 10 that can do that as well. So for me, I would love to see Belmar back. He was able to produce a lot of chances created once he got into that striker position. Um, and he only played that position for, you know, like a handful of games. Um, and, and 
and I would like to at least see him retained and give him a shot um, at a regular season in that spot. Yeah, I so I guess just a question for us: Does the Cam Awasa news does that affect anything about us wanting Bill Maher back? It doesn't for me. Um, yeah, I, I would say the same. Yeah, I mean, I, no, it doesn't for me either. I I think I would really like to see uh, like a the the two main number nines the the center forwards for Sacramento next year be Carlton Belmar and then like an academy kid or something yeah to where you know that that academy kid is going to get minutes but at the same time there's still going to be other guys like Formella that can play up top so yeah yeah I I, I agree I I think uh, Formella would do very well in the transition play so you know uh, not on the wing, but as a center forward, can he link up with a number 10 and score a lot of goals because we win possession high up the field? I think he could do very well at that. So for that reason, and you need some experienced players on your team. He's 27. He'll be 28 next year. Uh-huh. Forward is a hard position to find. If you got a guy that you think you can turn into someone that's productive, hold on to that guy. And if you got a guy that... Yeah. Isn't that like maybe Cameron Awasa? Then I, you know, you got to do your best to let him go. Anything else on Carlton Belmont before we move on to Derek Formella? Uh, Derek Formella. Hey. <laughs> 14 appearances, 13 starts, 1,900, or 1,093 minutes, mm. not 1,900. Ooh. Minutes, 1,093 minutes, eight goals, one assist, 25 years old. Zach, Derek Formella. I. Loved Derek Formella. I want to love him more. I think there was a lot of chances that he could have put away last year that he didn't. Um, somebody who can score eight goals in how many games? 16. You just said it, 16 games, uh, is somebody that I think you have to retain. And he showed a lot of talent um, last year. I think that if you could pair him again with somebody who can put away goals consistently take a little bit of the pressure off he could have a really good year for us next year um but even even just for us last year he was um fought mob is the the app that we like to use his fought mob rating was the highest on the team with a 7.18 which is very good um he was as far as minutes per goal he had 151 minutes per goal he scored and second place on our team, he, that was number one. And second place on our team was Bjev with 257. So 150 minutes, that's like about every two games. Less than every two games, which is a, it's a yeah. good number. It's a good number and was leagues away from the rest of the team. Right. So I think if you give him somebody else who can come in and play really well and score goals consistently, maybe that number drops even more. So then let's qualify that. Like what is a consistent goal score like give me a number like is this some is this a guy that's scoring 10 goals does this guy have to score 15 goals is it like high teens low 20s like what's consistent for a 32 34 game season i would like to see above 12 Mm -hmm. is that a fair number so the the over on 12 yeah i think we compare him to cameron awasa who is in the high teens yeah several years Mm -hmm. um and to be fair that's an elite level USL striker. Not every USL it championship is. team, and even good USL championship teams, um, have one player who's scoring that many goals. Um, and so, 
Yeah, as long as there are either one. No, let me restate, restate that. The goals just have to come from other places and other players. Um, if Derek Pomelo is only scoring 12 or 10 a season, um, as, but it's not. I don't know what I'm saying. That's not a bad goal <laughs> tally. He's, if he's a, a winger, not a central striker, right. um, who's also doing defensive work, who's doing uh, work in, in creating. Um, sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so if the guy that, you know, eventually, whoever it is that plays up top can score, I mean, I, you know, I would say 12, 13-ish goals, that's consistent enough to where it takes, it does take that pressure off. And yeah. there's going to be another person on the team that scores like five or six or seven or eight or whatever it is. So, yeah, no, I, I nothing nothing bad to say about Formella. So, uh, moving on, Villian Bijev, 16 appearances. 10 starts, 908 minutes, so about 100 minutes or so, uh, actually uh, roughly 200 minutes or so less than Formella. Bijev has four goals, two assists on the season. However, he is 27 yeah. years old. Nolan, thoughts on Villian Bijev? He's a good player. Um, I thought you were just going to stop there. Like, <laughs> riveting. <laughs> Thank you, Nolan, for that analysis. Astute uh, observation. No, I don't have a whole lot more to say other than he's a good player. He's just 20, he's 27, and if... Um, and so, look, if Sacramento are thinking, hey, we have two more seasons to play in the USL, we want to have a good team. Billy Bijev has been, like, a faithful servant of this club for going on three over three years now. Um, and he's an incredibly talented forward that can also play uh, centrally uh, but can also score goals from wide and is developing in his game still as he's getting older. Um, like we were mentioning on previous podcasts, he has been defending far more than we've seen him defend in other seasons. Uh, his uh, confidence management in-game has improved, and he's able to, to go through rough patches and, and still um, stay mentally focused in games. And so, and I, and I think Mark Briggs, from what we see on the field, likes him. Like He coaches him well and wants to get the best out of William Bijev. So um, for that reason, I, I hope he's back. So... Just some little stats for you. 2017, Bijou's really good year. He had nine goals, and I think he had 10 assists. Was that with Portland? That was like with, halfway? That was with the Timbers, too. Yeah. 2018, he came halfway over. Yeah. Five goals. I don't know how many assists he had. 2019, so last two seasons ago now, one goal, two assists. And that's when I think we were really harping on Bijou. Yeah. Because he wasn't producing. This year, in uh, half as many appearances as uh, the 2019 season four goals two assists so let's double that for a full season eight four eight goals four assists is could that some of those goals were really incredible. good yeah um is that the type of like third goal scorer we're talking of like is could Bijev still get to that level with sac republic i don't think so really i i'm inclined to just look at the numbers and go well i'm yeah I, I look like, at it is possible. That's all I'm saying. I look at the numbers and I look at the past few years and I look at his age and I look at yes, he did improve. There was areas we saw him improve this year. I don't think it was enough. And I think at the age of twenty seven, I don't I I'm not super hopeful that he could be that guy. I think he can still contribute. I'm not saying that he can't contribute, but to be that third guy, 
I think I'm I'm definitely skeptical of just because of what I've seen from him. Yes, he's improved, but not enough for me to be confident to say, yeah, I think that it's possible he could be that third guy. I don't, I don't think so. I think in Briggs' system, he can be, and that's partially because if truly there is like a, I guess not elite winger, but like a really, really, really good winger on the other side, like Derek Formel, like we just said, he's he's really good. And if there's a, a goal-scoring threat up top, now all of a sudden, Bijev is just the guy that shows up in blips. Like like we saw Formella, like he scored in bunches. Well, if Bijev is also maybe scoring in bunches or just scoring on the off time that Formella isn't scoring or the forward isn't scoring, I think it could work very well. Now, I do hear the concern about the age, but we just named the academy players. Two of those guys can play on the wing, Huaregi and Chavez. So I'm not really that concerned about it, especially with we now know Sam Werner's gone. Um, that I think opens up space for one of those academy guys to fill that third winger spot to be, you know, okay, okay, you're the first guy off the bench. And Zach Republic does sub their wingers a lot. So I think it's okay if this season he's like the guy. He He's still the guy on the right side. We still roll with him. We give... Uh, the academy guys another year to figure it out another year of getting minutes and remember they only have you know 100 minutes or so um so like it's going to be a, a de- more of a de- developmental year for them and then going into our last year in major league soccer if we say okay now you're ready bjev you're now 29 uh, you know we're sorry but we have to move on from you i think i could see him with one more year a successful year that is kind of a bridge year between uh, these academy players being impactful players, which would be next year, and where they're at right now. That, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Midfielders. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Jaime Villarreal, 12 appearances, 9 starts, 757 minutes, 2 goals, 1 assist, 25 years old. So we've seen Jaime uh, for Sac Republic now. Is this his third season, I want to say? Yes. Second or third season, and he's still only 25. I'll kick this one off. I think Jaime Villarreal not will not just be back. I think he is going to be the anchor in the midfield. Um, he was the 2019 MVP, team MVP. I think there's a chance that he could be the 2021 team MVP. Mm. Uh, I don't think that's crazy. And I think it's probably going to be obvious that that's that's kind of my my goal that that's not my goal i mean it's maybe his goal but that's kind of my projection is that um he is the engine in the midfield and um there's another guy that we'll be talking about in a minute drew skundrick that kind of fits that narrative but i think jaime jaime can do that also and he was hurt to start the season and because of that we saw other players play in that role but I think because of his age, um, because of, I think, the way he wants to play fits Briggs' system and how he wants his teams to play. So I, I think Jaime Villarreal will be back, and I think he will be given the opportunity to run the midfield. And again, I think that there is going to be like that academy player right behind him, and the thought process will be, hey, 16, 19 year old, whoever, you, however old you are, learn from Jaime, 
so that next year we can get you a good amount of minutes in preparation for Major League Soccer. So I think that's going to be uh, the thought process. I, th- In my head, I think that was what the team was thinking with Roro, but it didn't work out. Just wasn't the right fit. So you still want that uh, senior midfielder on the team. I think that's Jaime Villarreal. Yep, and I think he's a great fit for Coach Mark Briggs. Um, we've talked, we've, we've said it multiple times. The foundation of his game is something that is so... Um, conducive for how Briggs wants to run a team and it's that simple pass it's that quick decision um, as the foundation with the ability to flash uh, a great play here or there so um, I think it's a no-brainer to have him come back are there any injury concerns with Jaime it feels like he is often injured for like oh he's out for a month or out for two weeks or oh he's got a broken foot out for four months you know any injury concerns there if he is like the starting midfielder the guy that we were relying on game in game out not for me i mean his injury this season was kind of uh enhanced by the fact that there were less games for him to appear in and less time for him to recover um so and at 2019 he was the mvp so he couldn't have been out that much in 2018 i can't remember but that's when he he like broke his foot okay yeah. and i mean a broken foot is not a not that one's not going to come back just, to bite you like it's not like a pulled hammy, and you like you struggle with pulled hammies all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I do think they should bring his brother back from Thailand and have <laughs> the Villarreal Bros playing soccer. <laughs> yeah, that could be the cool. midfield. It, it pairs well with like, in my mind, and like drawing an, a corollary between Sacramento and Newcastle, like this fallen giant, and then now there's these two brothers that are playing in midfield for Newcastle, and they're like kind of on the rise again. And so I think it'd be cool. That's a deep. Okay. That's a deep soccer yeah. narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't okay. don't feel bad if you don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> their names are the Longstaff brothers. If you're really interested, Longstaff. Yeah, they're gingers like Scott. Okay, yep. midfielders. Uh, <laughs> More midfielders. <laughs> Andrew Wheeler Aminu, eight appearances, six starts, 453 minutes, zero goals or assist. 25 years old. Bring him back. Bring him back. I I think again. Maybe there's in my head just some injury concerns because uh, yeah he was injured this year. Um, but on the other hand, if he's you know that fourth midfielder, fifth midfielder, whatever it is yeah. in the rotation, um, if he you know he's going to have to get some spot starts for you, uh, he can play a number eight, he can play a number six, just like Jaime. Yeah, I think this is a good guy to bring back. You already know his strengths, you know his weaknesses. You can coach him up. You can play around that. You can plan for that. I would have no problem if Andrew Wheeler on Manu's back. We've seen him play very, very well, and we've seen him play very, very rusty. And yeah. I think that's kind of it. He's only, he's never just had like average game. We haven't seen him enough. We haven't, yeah. We He has, like I said, uh, eight appearances, six starts. Six starts. So, yeah, I, I would be very happy if Andrew Wheeler on Manu's back. We, we talked to him last offseason slash COVID season. Oh, yeah. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good locker room guy, Great and that, that is something we have to consider is if they're toxic yeah, in the locker room, fair enough. don't bring him back. So, fair enough, yeah. And he's a guy that's going to battle. He's not going to be happy that he's not starting. He's going yeah. to want to start, but he's not going to be uh, unrealistic in his expectation to play, I think. so. Yeah, I think I think well said. I think he's, he's a good personality fit for Briggs. I personally, if he wasn't brought back, I wouldn't be – to, you know, I wouldn't be. There's not a whole love, a lot of love lost 
if he were to if part he finds, ways. Like, if he finds a better spot where it's like, hey, dude, like we're going to give fine. you a better yeah. opportunity to play. Like, yeah, go for it. I, I think for this one, I just kind of am trusting Briggs. I think I'm at that point to where I trust him to, if he feels that he can contribute to this team, he's going to bring it back and I'm, I'm down. And if Briggs doesn't or Briggs feels he can bring back somebody better, um, then I trust him. So um, I guess for me, he's kind of on the fence there of like, bring him back, don't bring him back. Right. All right. Last midfielder we're going to talk about today is Drew Skundrick. 14 appearances, 13 starts. 1,155 minutes, so the most of any player we've talked about so far. Two goals, no fit, no a fifth, no <laughs> assist, 25 years old. Nolan, thoughts on Drew Skundrick? Yeah, Scott, do you remember my fancy stat about Drew Skundrick from last episode? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. It was that he's the only Sacramento Republic player to score before the COVID break and after the COVID oh, break. Yeah. So good memory. You go. forgot the last one, but you redeemed yourself there, Scott. Uh, yeah, so that's, you know, obviously going hugely positive for him he was able to score <laughs> before and after that means so much that's such a statistically significant stat so we should all pay much attention to it uh and anyway he's also just a very good midfielder like matt george was talking about last episode an amazing captain may not be as vocal on the field but definitely on the training ground um in the locker room probably on interpersonally like one-on-one he's he seems like a nice guy to get like to be my captain like I would like to get to know him and have him be my captain. Um, yeah, maybe he won't be back uh, if he follows the trend of like Sam Warner and Tomas Hilliard Arce, who were Stanford his players Stanford retiring. Teammates. Yeah, if like they're just one and done and they're going back to Stanford life. Um. <laughs> going back, they're going back to school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's good that they get going that back MBA. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think you do bring up a good point about. Uh, if he wants to come back. I mean, that's something yeah. that we don't really talk about often where you say like, oh, well, if Briggs wants him back, he'll be back. But uh, we've, said player it, want? Yeah. We, we've said it a couple times about Skundrick that he does have a wife that plays for the Washington spirit, Washington, D.C., not Boom. Washington, the state. So uh, they are newly-ish married. So th- there's a chance that maybe he doesn't come back. Maybe he says, oh, you know what? I think I'm a good enough player. I can pretty much walk into any championship team and probably get a starting role. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go find, you know, a team in Virginia or something closer. North Carolina. The or, kickers. Yeah. League one. I mean, that'd be so cool. Cause that, that was, I mean, he would, I think he would destroy league one. Oh yeah. But, but it, I, the reason I thought that was because of the he's, total, right. uh, total soccer show guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sorry. um, yeah, I think we, I'm, I don't think it's a crazy statement to say we'd all want to see Drew Skundrick back. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the team wants to see Drew Skundrick back. Yeah. It's really up to Drew. Does Drew want to come back? To, uh, is his relationship with his wife to a point where they are okay doing long distance? And not like, oh, it's a two-hour drive to see you. Like, No, Across it's a six-hour flight to see you. Yeah. So It reminds me of, I just watched the RBG documentary, and RBG was working in, dc and then her husband was like a tax lawyer in new york and then he moved for her and so maybe drew does something similar mm. anyway she's probably making <laughs> what you money. do for yeah. love oh maybe. I, I, I don't know i would assume you don't make you, a whole lot of money in champions yeah women's USL. soccer i don't know dude uh, that's yeah. fair that's fair and he could probably i mean they both have i I imagine they met at stanford i wonder yeah, maybe I don't know. does so, she play there 
I would. I assume well, so. They're both soccer players, so yeah, yeah I, I, that would make that sense. Would, so would this, make I sense. think, this is the Sam Warner, Tomas Hilliard, Arce conundrum of like, I could make a hundred thousand dollars or thereabouts with my college degree. I mean, the same goes for Andrew Wheeler Amanu. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's the conundrum of like, do I love the game so much that I'm willing to forego a comfortable life? And now he has a wife that he needs to at least help support financially. So you know, it's it's that it's just that conversation now of like what's better for my family and my future. Yeah. So anyway, I think we'd love to see Drew back, but if he doesn't, if he chooses to move on to a different team to be closer to his wife, we would understand. We would understand more power to him. We'd be super happy. Yeah. For him. Anything else you guys want to uh, mention about any of these players? No. That you didn't mention. They're all very lovely people. Okay. <laughs> Last thought I do have. All right. Uh. In any way, is is preparing for Major League Soccer going to hurt some of these guys? So, in in our quest to prepare a squad for Major League Soccer, uh, are some of these guys going to be casualties of that? Like we've mentioned, Carlton Belmar, twenty seven, Bijev is twenty seven. The rest of these guys are twenty five. Do any of these guys maybe uh, that we said, yeah, we want to see them come back? Do they get an axe because they're just they're not 19 year olds i think the two 27 year olds maybe carlton and bjeff yeah i i I still think it's most likely that they come back but i wouldn't be shocked if they got cut for that exact reason um there is a it's a double-edged sword right now that the u.s the the sac republic are having to play with um being a usl team having the bar so high as far as we've always made the playoffs we're always a contender but we always we also have MLS to look forward to so i would be surprised if a couple of these honestly for me i don't think any of these guys will be the ones we've talked about today okay but there's maybe other ones that we haven't talked about yes okay uh yes that's what i would say and obviously we didn't talk about Cameron Owasa because we just did at the beginning of the show and yes yep um so Looking at how USL teams moving into Major League Soccer build, there's this generic kind of formula where they get a lot of the best USL championship players that aren't like super old. So, you know, 25, 27, maybe he's the oldest. And they say, hey, come to Sacramento. We're going to win, you know, a championship or two, you know, the years leading up to Major League Soccer. And if you play well, if we like you, if you are fit for the coach, will bring you to Major League Soccer. Cincinnati brought like 10 guys from USL. Now, Cincinnati has been bad. Garbage. Nashville has been pretty successful at bringing some guys through. I think they signed six or eight. So are any of these guys on this list, guys that you could see Sacramento bring through uh, their last two seasons of USL and potentially up to Major League Soccer? I, I watch so... I follow... I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe. That's the best I got. That's literally the best I got. I, I don't know about like MLS squads. I literally don't know. Like I know that they have players playing for the U.S. men's national team, and I know that they have players that like couldn't make some USL squads depending on the team that they're on in the MLS. So I just don't know. I don't know about the quality of players playing at that level. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I really don't think so either, which makes it, it really hard for me. Like, I can't see it. I want... I, I like these players as people. I like them as yeah. I, as players, 
but it just makes me think like at, at what point do we say hey like you're not in the plans for the future and the only players that are going to make that that's a jump that's a league jump the only players that are going to make a jump from usl to mls are players that are transcending the league i look at this list I look at some very good players at the USL level. I don't see anybody transcending the league. Like uh like um uh Solomon Asante type. You know what I mean? Like to somebody you look at that guy and you're like that player is at the top of this league. Which by the way, he did win the league MVP. He wasn't even the best player on his team this past nah. year. It was Junior Flemings, Flemings for sure. Yeah. This I, Flemings, like, yeah. Give it Flemings. to somebody else. Flemings transcends the league this past year. You know right. what I mean? I don't look at this list and see any of those players be that. Okay. So I would say probably not. Yeah, I I the only one that I think has potential is Formella. Uh, maybe Drew. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I uh, yeah, Drew, Drew too. Yeah, maybe Drew. So, just keep that in the back of your mind when we're talking about players moving on. There, there's going to be some like, oh, I didn't really want to see him go, but for the sake of Sacramento building for Major League Soccer, they might. And honestly, we could probably the I say that, but we could also look to what they did last off season because remember Sacramento was supposed to come into the league in 2022, so last off season was there, okay, we're two years out from Major League Soccer. Let's build a team for that. So the team could actually structurally look very similar. Just something to think about. All right, guys, any other uh, any other things you want to say before we get out of here? I think that's about it. Mm, that's it. All right, then. Well, as always, glory, glory. Sacramento. Sacramento.